Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Old Lady Speaks podcast on Black and White and Red All Over. I'm your host, Danny, coming to you for episode number 85, a nice round number. And if you want to listen to this one as well as our previous episodes, feel free to like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you are on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free to leave us a rating and a review and all of those nice things that we always beg from you, dear listener. So with the business being out of the way, we shall bring in a happy and joyous crew of Sam Lepresi. Hello, Sam. This feels more like it, doesn't it, Danny? Yes. <laughs> yes. Is it? It's like, you know that uh, that meme with like the, the anime guy with the butterfly and it's like, is this happiness? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We, we have Serbian and Swiss happiness. And we've got Chucks. Hello, Chucks. Hey, yeah, yeah. I can't complain. Ten games unbeaten, I think it is now in, in the league, I believe. Not bad at all. And uh, yeah, very satisfied. I will bring in Sergio. Hello, Sergio. Hey, fellas. Happy to be here. Uh, happy happy to be here, especially under the conditions. Just it was it was exciting. It was joyful. It was a pleasant ninety minutes, which we haven't really been able to to say all that often. Yes. Well, speaking of said new Swiss midfielder that Juventus has brought in, as well as the large Serbian striker, they were the two goal scorers in Juventus's first game out of the international break. And we'll we will get our takeaway from the game that was a few hours back from Chucks. What you got? Yeah, like I said, I have to uh, shamefully confess that I uh, had to miss the game. Uh, family obligations, but uh, well, I'm back in time for, uh, for for this. Shame. So, Shame. so I'll give uh, I'll give a more I guess answer based on the well tactics I guess rather than um, actual in the game events. And um, you know, looking at the lineup, I was 
of course, like you guys, pretty fascinated to see, um, yeah, just kind of see the setup, you know, see this kind of, I guess, pseudo 433, whatever it kind of ended up being. And um, I was most curious about the positioning of mostly of Dybala, but then also Morata. And so just looking at the heat map on uh, whoscored.com, you know, it, it was just interesting to see, I mean, obviously Dybala has played for the most part Seconda Punta this season, just so just, you know, really centrally, mostly behind Morata and uh, often dropping very deep uh, into central midfield, really um, around the halfway line. And yeah, I was curious to just kind of look at, okay, what is his heat map for this game? And it was, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it was indeed on the right wing, which was not, I mean, given just who all the people were playing, uh, makes sense that he's on the right, cutting in onto his favorite left foot. Uh, But yeah, very dark spot in the kind of in a deep right right back almost position kind of yeah kind of behind uh behind the central line but then you know yeah just kind of deep and right so it's it's interesting that you know he plays when he plays Seconda Punta centrally he drops all the way deep into central midfield but then now he's playing I mean basically played on the right wing and then drops very deep as well into kind of the right yeah almost kind of on top of Danilo, really. Um, so yeah, interesting to see that. I mean, yeah, just I just wonder kind of how the tactical, how the three of Dybala, Vlahovic, and Morata are going to kind of fit together, mostly in the big games, because you really want that tactical balance. So yeah, curious to see that. And, you know, um, yeah, wonder how that's going to evolve uh, over time. Well, Chuck, don't read far, too far ahead into our Twitter questions, because we got a whole lot of tactical informational and all those types of questions so if you want to talk tactics chucks you just wait a few minutes oh oh, i'm I'm waiting uh, (laughs) uh, as the great queen once said i'm waiting on the edges or hanging on the edge of my seat so there we go almost got that wrong we we got chucks's first lyric reference out of the way and we're off and running sergio what you got for us i i guess my biggest takeaway from the game is just how how big of an impact the new guys are already having on the team, on the other players, not, not just for themselves, but on the other players. I think, you know, just, you know, Alvaro Morata looks like a new man. I mean, he just definitely, he's one of those guys that is just so much better as a sidekick than the actual main striker, main guy. Sakari allows other guys to do what they do best. Paulo Dybala, I think he he kind of, you know, went went down, you know, he was as impactful in the second half but on the first half just you know as he didn't have to do absolutely anything defensively because Sakaria was covering for him he was just all over the place uh, you know I, I think you know obviously the the new guys are super talented they're going to be really big impact for the team but I think a, an impact that we hadn't really talked about all that much was how it was how that impact was going to impact the players already on the team and I think what we saw on Sunday against Salas Verona, a, a team that is, you know, not going to be challenging for a title anytime soon, but it's a good team. It's a tricky team that, that gave Juventus trouble the first time they played. And, and really, I think they, they played them really well and they played them good. And I think it was a fairly solid, good win. And I think that, that, has, that was just as much from the new guys as from just how much they impacted the other guys, the guys that we already had and how much better they look. All right, Sam. The Dusan Vlavic is good takeaway is still on the table for you. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take it. Damn it. Um, 
what I'm what I am going to take is similarly to uh, to what Sergio said about these new guys and their impact on the the other players on the team. The impact on the people in the stands watching the game was something because that was a loud Allianz Stadium. And it was only at 50% capacity because of the COVID restrictions. But that place was popping in a way that I have not seen that stadium pop in a really long time. Maybe not since like the Atletico Madrid second leg, like three or four years ago. I, I was actually, I actually read that every time uh, that during pregame warmups, every time Vlaovic hit a ball into the goal, the place went crazy. It was, it was ready to go off and it went off when Vlaovic scored that first goal. And it was, it was a, it was an energetic and really excited crowd the entire time. And that's been, you know, that's really been missing for a lot of, for, for a couple of years now. Part of that, yes, part of that comes from the fact that the the ultras have decided that because they're not getting their way on certain things, they are are you know throwing in a feud with the with with Danielli in the front office. But it's also just the fact that, as Sergio has often said on on this podcast, the team hasn't just been that exciting for a long time, and that that changed a little bit today. And if you know, if if you if this team can really wrap itself together, and the Allianz Stadium is going to start sounding like that for the rest of the season, the rest of the the rest of the teams that are looking at the that are trying to get into the top four are going to be a little skittish. Yeah, I think the the stadium atmosphere was definitely one of the biggest things, and I I logged on to the Paramount Plus stream probably around oh three four minutes before kickoff right as they're about to start the Serie A anthem and my first thought and I put it on the Twitter the blog Twitter account and it was like this stadium's jacked up for a mid-table opponent really and yeah we I mean it was something that we have not been used to in recent years and there were two obvious reasons although probably one <laughs> more than the other and that's the the two new guys and for me for Vlavic to start that way I mean uh, we were mentioning before we hit record here is that, you know, if he had scored on his first shot, which was a really good scoring chance, the stadium would have went nuts. Well, a few minutes later, they did go nuts. So I guess since he is, you know, the 80 million euro man with those performance bonuses included in the deal with Fiorentina, how would we rate? And obviously Sam's going to be rating it no matter what, but how would we rate Vlavic's Juventus debut? And then on second, how would we rate uh, Zakaria's debut as well? Zakaria, Zakaria's got an eight for me because apart from the, the goal, which was also a really excellent goal, you know, that's, that's not that simple a finish, uh, especially the way he took it. He, but he was just everywhere. You, I think you, you mentioned it in your post-game thread, Danny, that he had, by halftime, he had about as many interceptions as as Hellas Verona had as a team. Uh, you know, part of that was was the fact that Verona were the team on the ball for the majority of the first half. He he was everywhere on defense. He was a really really good. You know, he was recovering the ball. He was getting into passing lanes, and like Sergio said, he was it, it, his defensive work rate allowed for 
guys like Dybala to not particularly care. Although sometimes Dybala did, Dybala almost, uh, you know, uh, gave away a foul uh, early on in the game, going all the way back to the left flank and throwing in a sliding tackle, um, which I thought was pretty impressive. Allegri had said, you know, you know, everybody's got to run. And he took that to heart. That's for sure. As for Vlaovic, yeah, it'll, I'm still working it out. It'll either be a seven and a half or an eight, because as, as good as he was, there were also some, there were a couple of looser aspects to his game. Uh, I thought he went down way too easy in the box a few times. There were a few others where I, I would have, I thought he got a little too fancy with his feet instead of just, just going straight forward and hitting a shot. And by the end, towards the end of the game, I, th- I was probably a little tired. Uh, he he did start tailing off, but you know he was doing things that uh, that they haven't had at that number nine position in terms of hold up play, probably since Mario Mandzukic was really in his in, 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 at his at his absolute best. You know the later in the second half when he almost got that second, he you know he went up for a, a long ball, chested it down to DiBala. Dybala had hurried that ball down for Morata and he just got up and continued his run. Stuff like that is unfortunately not necessarily the stuff that Alvaro Morata is really good at as much as he tries. It's the thing that Moise Kane absolutely needs to add to his game if he's going to be the kind of striker that some of us think he can be. But overall, there there were, you know, you you could look at at little, little niggling things for him, but he was... He was great, and he added a lot of energy and a lot of juice to this attack. the the method of The method of how Juventus were attacking for the majority of the game is something that I quibble on, and that's uh, something I think we can talk about for a little bit later. But you know, it that that that's for me. Both of them were are going to be really high when the when the match review comes out. I think that you know all that Vlahovic really needed to do was to score. That that's it. I mean, the people were were just dying for for him to score in his debut and and you know he he did he delivered there i think you know people got their money's worth just because of that because like like sam already said like danny mentioned just the the, the environment in the stadium you could tell even from tv that it was it was an old time like for the season easily the, the most hyped up the stadium has ever been because they wanted to see you know the new the new shining toy for for juventus and and he delivered i think he, you know, sure. I think you can nitpick a couple of things here and there, like Sam said. But overall, I think it was it was just exactly what they needed from him. I think that finish is is one of those finishes that you can immediately tell. Okay, this guy is a, is at a different level, right? Like I remember early on in the Gonzalo Iwain era when he he was just taking these goals and it was he made it look so easy, like just so effortless. And and we had already been through through other strikers that just didn't have quite that extra extra X factor. And you can tell that Dusan Vlahovic has it. Like he's just so effortless to, with, with the way he scores, with the way he, he moves around the ball. He's so strong. And I also think that, you know, the, the second goal, he, he has a huge part in that too because he drags the defenders with him. Like he creates that opening for Morata to run in. And that's what I was I was saying in the, the in the beginning, right? Like because he is so dangerous, but he because he is such a focal point, he can he, he also can kept make Zakaria that on side. Like Sorry? The, he also kept Zakaria on side with that yeah, run, I mean, with he, Ginter because Ginter was following him and 
you know, other, otherwise Ginter's probably playing an offside trap and might catch Zakaria. He, but Zakaria was onside by like three or four yards because of where, where Vlaovic was. He, he has that gravitational pull. He, he has that. And, you know, Ronaldo had a little bit of that. Well, he not a little bit. He had a lot of that. But because he played on the wing, sometimes that was kind of like it, it wasn't as evident as when you have like a central guy that can do that, that has a gravitational pull and just open spots for other guys. And, and, you know, right now, I think that the, you know, the, the difference between having him as that center forward position and a guy like Morata, who I really like, who I think, you know, he's going to be a, a fan favorite of Juventus for, for, you know, forever, you know, he just doesn't have that. And, you know, to me, I think he was everything that, that was advertised and was a, a great debut. And Sakaria, you know, for me, I think he started a little bit jittery. I think probably, you know, he was he was a little bit trying too much. He was misplacing a couple of passes here and there. But as the game grew on, he settled. You know, I think he's so long. Like he's so so long. Like he just bothers every single passing lane, every single player he's he's chasing. Like he he's there in in seconds. Like he's just such a like a versatile player. Like I was I was really really impressed as the game went on with how the guy covers ground, like how the guy defends. And obviously the, the goal was just, you know, you know, the, the, the cherry on top of the Sunday, I, I think it was a very, very, you know, good showing for both guys. Like I say, definitely the, the fans got their money's worth with both of the new signings, you know, playing for pretty much, you know, for Blachowicz the whole game, for Zakaria for most of the game and both of them scoring. I, I think it's, it's easy to write the narrative, like, oh, the new guys are here. Like they're going to fix everything. Like, I don't think that's going to be the case, but I think unlike other transfer windows where we're like, oh, well, they brought in this and that, but it doesn't really address the, the needs they had specifically. I think that they brought in two guys that just fit this team and what this team needed perfectly and just open up just a whole other option of, of possibilities for, for Juventus. I was, I was left really, really impressed with how they both looked. And honestly, with, with the with the outlook of the club for, for the remainder of the of the year. We talked a little bit about that last week, right? Is that, you know, and we, and Sam mentioned it as well. It's kind of like, okay, the Vlaovic move is what it is, but to add Zakaria on top of it with the midfield woes being what they have been the last few years, it it's like, okay, you know, <laughs> As much as we knew Manuel Locatelli was suspended this weekend, it's like, okay, let's see what Locatelli can do with another really good midfielder playing alongside him. And who knows where Max Allegri is going to go with this formation. And we can have our ideas in terms of what we want him to do. But having Zakaria play the way he did today, and obviously he took a, a knock to the lower back, it, it sounds like, towards the end of the game, and that's why he had to be subbed off. But yeah, it, it's it's just so encouraging and kind of like the fans in the at, at the stadium. It's like suddenly you're you're injected with a shot of optimism, and it's like where where has this been all season? And yeah, they had to spend a lot of money to do it, but hey, here we are in early February, and we're suddenly sounding optimistic. Yeah, and, and, and Chucks, uh, <laughs> Mr. Optimism himself. Even, even, even me. <laughs> I, uh, well, <laughs> you know, I try to. Uh, well, I, I guess I like to describe myself as a realist or something. I don't know. Pff, labels, who cares? It's okay. We uh, like you just the way you are, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Man, I, that, that warms my heart. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Mama never told me that. No, <laughs> she did. No, she did. She did. Um, yeah, no, I, I'll just add to kind of the, 
uh, Zakaria analysis. Um, so again, I've just been kind of looking on the who scored, um, who scored.com uh, kind of stats and just heat maps and all that, uh, all that fun stuff. Zakaria had a game high, uh, five interceptions in the game against Hellas Verona. And they're all, you know, just kind of looking at the positioning uh, of these interceptions. They're all, you know, very far on the right side of the pitch, almost really by the touchline. Yeah, you would say, yeah. Two basically in the right back position, kind of backing up uh, Danilo there. And uh, the three others kind of further around the center center of the pitch. But again, pretty far on the right side um, of the of the pitch there. So that's, you know, that that is very interesting. Uh, and I'll... You know, I wanted to point that out because, you know, he played on the right center midfield. So I guess the Metsala position, if you will. And again, I had no- noted earlier just about the Dybala thing in my takeaway, um, just of Dybala playing on the right. Well, obviously Dybala is not, you know, a very defensively minded attacking player, which, you know, is fine. I mean, that's, I mean, he's he's an attacker. That's not, that's not his job. Um, so, you know, it is interesting to see on, that side of the pitch where I, I know some people note pointed this out in the comments section uh, over, you know, over the last month, few months uh, time, just of that concern of like, okay, if we front load our attack a lot, like, you know, putting Dybala, Vlaovic, Morata on, um, you have three clearly, you know, just very attacking, attacking strike. I mean, three basically strikers there. Um, so the concern is, okay, where's that defensive cover going to come from? Um, well, you know, here you have five interceptions from Sakarias, uh, which is, um, yeah, I mean, clearly that's where that backup is going to come from, that coverage on Dybala's side of the pitch in case he doesn't do as much uh, defensive work, which is fine. However, um, <laughs> another very interesting finding here which kind of i guess i don't know disregards everything i just said is um well guess who had the uh game high uh number of tackles uh tackles attempted anyway but tackles uh this game paulo dibala <laughs> he had eight tackles uh attempted this game and uh second was uh, rabio with six and then danilo with five and artur with four so yeah i mean yeah, kind of uh, don't really know what to think of it, I guess. It's, you know, on one hand, you have seemingly Zakaria providing that cover and that backup on Dybala's side of the pitch because, you know, I, again, I think of all the strikers, Morata is probably the one that would work hardest defensively um, of the three, which I think makes sense. Um, so then, yeah, you're going to need more cover for... Dybala, obviously Vlaovic is just, you know, he's just up front, obviously. So, um, yeah, Zakaria provides that cover, but then you have, uh, yeah, this instance where Dybala attempts eight tackles, so I don't really know. <laughs> well, I'll throw it to the guys who and not meant to be a shot at you, Chucks, who actually watched. <laughs> but what formation did you guys get? I mean, for me, it felt kind of more 4-3-1-2, and obviously that one being Dybala where he was just kind of roaming all over the place. And, and like Chuck said, suddenly he's popping up in the, you know, the defensive third next to Danilo attempting a tackle or two. So I, I guess, you know, did you get a sense as to what formation it was? And is this, you know, I know we have Twitter questions about it, but is this something that as long as Dybala is healthy is, is something that you think Max should, uh, should roll with now with, with uh, Dusan in, in the fold? I thought that it was more along the line. It, it, it was 
it was fluctuating to me. I I kind of thought it was it was looking like a like the four three three that it was being depicted as in the broadcast. Then I actually, as I was setting up and looking at at the stats, I actually will will go back to uh, old reliable to who scored. Like Chuck was Chuck was saying, who scored has this has the formation as a Christmas tree, as a four three two one, and I think that's actually uh, that might be the most accurate way that. I saw it with, you know, Dybala and Morata. They both had the freedom to kind of roam around behind Vlaovic. You know, they, they weren't necessarily restricted to a side. I go back, you know, you go back, I, I go back again to that point uh, to that play later in the first half where Vlaovic almost had a second goal and he, and he just missed it. That uh, Dybala and Morata were both, very, we're, we're both very much on the left side of the field when that happened. And, and Morata to, you know, was cutting in almost into the middle when, when he fed Zakaria for, for his goal. So I think that might be the best way to, to describe it because they, I, because Dybala and Morata, I don't think they were necessarily married to a wing today. They had the freedom to kind of move and, and, and support Vlaovic in the best way that they that they could see on the pitch in a given moment and that you know as kind of like you know the in an older school inside forward to me that that probably describes what i was seeing uh more accurately than anything else yeah i, I kind of agree it, it's really tough to just say a, f- a formation like a like a typical formation just because of what a free roaming role i think Dybala had all, all game long and he was dropping back very, very consistently because as Juventus struggled, I think a little bit with the press, honestly, not as much as they have struggled in, in previous games or previous, you know, in previous games or even in previous seasons. I think they, you know, they, they still, it's not their favorite when when they get pressed so high as, as, as Verona did to them. But honestly, I think Dybala was the only one who was kind of like the escape ball and he was really dropping back a lot and kind of facilitating even from, you know, from behind the midfield line. So it, it's really hard for me to say it's it, it's exactly a 4-3-2-1 or a 4-3-3 or whatever because they had such a free roaming role. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The, you know, I, I think, and, and we, we go back to the same thing, just the, the ability to have a guy like Sakaria there who just covers so much ground allows you to give the ball that free roaming spot in which, you know, it really doesn't matter if he's dropping back behind the midfielder, if he's, you know, serving up assists, or whatever it is he's doing, you know that that you still have a certain, 
you know, defensive shape there. And I think that that's what, you know, that's the problem sometimes with this free roaming systems, right? Like we saw that a lot under Pirlo, who, you know, really loved this, you know, positionless free roaming, you know, football. If you go to, you know, if you go too far, you lose all defensive solidity and you're left, you know, wide open. And I think, you know, Juventus has been really good as of late to just not lose that to at all times have that defensive solidity. And I think Sakari only came in to, to really aid with that. And given that Dybala was so free roaming, Morata was, you know, more of a wing player, but he was also very free roaming. I, I agree with Sam. And I think that the most, you know, if you had to put in a formation, sure, I think it's a 4-3-2-1. But honestly, I think it, we saw a lot of different permutations as the game went along. And it was honestly, I think, a very creative showing a very creative display for a guy that is usually you know even here in this podcast in the blog and the comments you know for you know that we like to say that Allegri is a boring coach and you know he doesn't innovate and whatnot like I think this was a very creative way to use the team at his disposal and I'm I'm really really excited to see how this team looks once Manuel Locatelli is back I'm, I'm really really interested in seeing how he uses him because I think if you let him, you know, free in, in that Adrian Rabio spot, if you, you know, trust Arthur, who was, I think, decent today, you know, kind of holding down the, the, the middle of the field, I think this, this team can, can go in a number of different directions. Suddenly you have a lot more offensive firepower. Suddenly you have a lot more creative players up front. And, and I think it's, it's going to be just really, really interesting to see how the team lines up once Locatelli is back. God, can you imagine what this would have looked like to Federico Chiesa's knee was in one piece right now? We're going to have to wait until September for that, Samuel. I don't want to. <laughs> Patience. In in the words of Veruca Salt, but I want it now. <laughs> you. I mean, although, as we talked about, it's like, who, who do you drop then, you know? It's like. Well, I, I mean, that's, and it, it's part of the Twitter question thing that we'll get to in a, a little bit, but that's part of in a game or two as players get back to full health and shake off the, for, you know, for the quadrados and the bikinis of the world, kind of shake off the, the fatigue of traveling halfway around the world and playing in frigid temperatures and all that good stuff. And barely say, do you think he's, do you think, do you think Weston's thought, thought himself out? Yet? Well, I, I, still... I, I, I joked that this was probably a heat wave for him today in Turin with, with just the fog compared to what he played with Berhal, in Chuck's Berhal backyard the other to get... day. Burhalter deserves to get a, a kick in the pants for the way he did that. Like, <laughs> my God, that's just like, I know there's, I know it's, I know there, there's, this is a huge tangent. I'm sorry, but yes, there's gamesmanship when it, there, there's gamesmanship when it comes to the, to the, the teams and the, the play in warmer climates in CONCACAF. And then there's that. I mean, Honduras had two players that got treated for hypothermia at halftime. Like, come on now. And then the weather unsurprisingly i guess prevented mckinney from getting back for a day so he was stuck in new york overnight and yeah yep. i mean who who could blame him for being absolutely exhausted when he when he took the field today but as as i was i was saying that that's part of the the new kind of conundrum if you want to call it that that allegri now has is that he's got all of these different players that he can plug in even without you know the likes of chiesa and others because there's now so many different formations with Lovic and Zakaria and Locatelli and 
know, with Arthur playing better, he can now get in and it's just, you know, do you, do you even with Danilo playing so well, do you even entertain the idea of Quadrado being a defender again? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I personally, when Quadrado came on late in the second half, I was like, Oh, well, I hope he serves up a nice meaty cross or two to get on Vlaovic's head. Cause that could be something we could get used to seeing. And it's just, there's, you know, the, the optimism, like I said, is, has been injected into my veins and it is free flowing at this point. Man, that is uh, poetry, man. That's poetry. You're welcome. Also, it also does. Uh, I, I think the broadcasters at one point were positing the question, you know, is Dybala number one on free kicks right now, or does Vlaovic get in on that a little bit? Vlaovic took penalties for Fiorentina. Dybala obviously has been the non-Ronaldo penalty taker for Juventus pretty much since he got to the team. Those are some decisions. <laughs> Leonardo Bonucci are... might have something to say about all this. Well, I mean, <laughs> but no, Bonucci's always been the, the has always been below Dybala in the pecking order for that. But you know that that those are some more you know some more questions to to ask of of Allegri who you know you know he has a lot of like he said a lot of decisions to make and I just and I also just hope that he start, starts actually playing a little less conservatively because there was still that was my one biggest big problem with this game was until Zakaria scored I was kind of on tenterhooks in the second especially in the second half with a one nil lead and Hellas just being allowed to play and and seeing just more defending counter in a home game you know in a game where if you win the 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 implications to the table and to getting into the top 4 were so drastic today because of what had happened early on you know it in in a game that had become so important you're still playing that conservatively for the better part of the game and really Juve only ended up starting to control possession a little bit after Zakaria scored when the psychological impact of that on, on, on the Hellas players kind of really sucked the life out of them. You, you know, that's, that's the one thing that I think could hold this team back is if, I mean, yes, you're, you know, you're looking at, at interesting formation uh, formation layouts and, and, you know, who plays where, who gets what spot in the lineup. But if Allegri is still kind of playing medieval football, when it comes to just defending and countering, especially after you score your first goal, you're going mean, to open he, yourself he up. To has, getting, hasn't he? <laughs> you mean you're going to have not always. I mean, you look at the, you know, when he, when he pulled out the five star in the, in the Cardiff year, like that was, that was different. He wasn't going, for, he wasn't doing that. He would do it. Okay. No, he would do it late in the game. Like, you know, he'd throw Barzali on and run and run to a three, five, two late in games but he was you know in the beginning of the game yeah it, it you know during the beginning of that period he'd start going for 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 guy he was going for the throat and that's what you have to do now that you have a team like you know a, a group like this that can do it and you know maybe it was maybe it was a function of of not having the guys in the midfield that you really wanted that he really wanted to be able to play on the front foot guys like locatelli and and McKenney. Um, you know, who, who were not available for, for their various reasons, but one mistake, you know, you know, one, you know, if, if Darko Lazovic had had one of those chances that he had 
in the first half and in the early parts of the second half where he just rushed every single one of them and shanked them. If he had put one or two of those on frame and really caused some problems, you're looking at one, one, the entire, the entire stadium deflates. And then goodness knows what happens to the, to the final result. Now that Vlaovic is here, now that Zakaria is here, now that you've got a team that really looks like it can do this, you have to start playing on the front foot. And when you score, you have to start going for the jugular because you cannot, especially the way that 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 we are right now in, in terms of getting ourselves into the top four, you cannot leave these to chance now. You have to score goals. You have to put games away early. You know, because I, I, you cannot be you cannot be in a situation where one mistake could 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 tank you. You know, I I, I disagree with you here. I, I disagree with you here. I think sometimes, you know, you're not going to dominate a team 90 minutes. I mean, you're just not. I think that's just an unrealistic ask of of anything. You know, I, I don't I don't even think that, the, you know, the team that made it to Cardiff or the team that that made it to the Berlin final or, you know, pick your your best team of the nine tile winning streak. I, I don't think even they, you know, just dominated 90 minutes against, you know, decent Serie A opposition. I think that's just, you know, too much to ask. I think if you're going to, you know, criticize the team for the 10, maybe 15 odd minutes where, you know, Verona kind of sort of had a couple it chances. It was not there. 10 or 15 odd minutes though. It was like tops 20, was, no, tops was, 20 minutes. Like, I no, think, it was not Sergio. It was they absolutely had, top 15. Verona, Verona like, had, Verona had more possession in the first half and in the set and until Zakaria scored in the second half, we couldn't, Juve couldn't get out of their own, couldn't look, get out I mean, of their own the defensive stats are stats. Juventus had 53 possession. Percent of the, the possession. percent possession. The major, the vast majority of that coming after Zakaria scored their second, hit the second goal. Then just the math doesn't add up. That's just if, that, if they just had the, it after the, Zakaria. The stats, the stats came. The stats came up. Well, first off, possess, first off, the possession stat itself is incredibly flawed because all it is. Oh come on is now! The come on now! No, 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 no. You can't say no, that they no, can't Sergio, Sergio. Take possession, and then the possession doesn't matter. Like there is look, there, no. I'm saying no. There's, there's a difference between shutouts. There's like, a difference that's just between not happen. there's a difference between match control between the way that that the match is playing out and the actual numbers, and like because because the way that the possession stat that you see on a screen is done is the that it is the percentage of the total number of passes attempted in the game. So like if you if you if two teams play a game where they where they but where they each attempt a hundred passes total and one team's pass and one team's attempted 60, 60 of those, they get 60% possession. That's the number. That's a, but that's a different thing than the way that possess then th that's a different way than the eye test, because sometimes in this game, you still have to just look at, you still have to go to the eye test and at the end. And, you know, especially at the beginning of the second half, Juve was not getting out of their own half. They were, they were accepting they were really accepting the possession and try Hellas Frona's possession trying to go on the counter and and especially in that that uh that that real the the part that was really getting me nervous at the beginning of the second half not getting out long enough to be able to do anything with it and the ball just kept coming back and and i and i know that it's not reasonable to just completely dominate things for 90 minutes but the thing is verona had their verona had their chances in this game if Verona had had Giovanni Simeone and a couple of other top players uh, available today, which they didn't, 
the way that they were playing in Juve's half for a large part of this game could have really come back to bite this team. Yeah, and look, and Blahovic had a brace and Keane should have scored that one at the end. And Paulo Dybala had a shot wide open and he missed it. Like if we're just going to say like, oh, what if he scored that one? Then we could have scored six. I mean, you know, not they're not going to score every single chance. They're not going to dominate 90 minutes. Look, I, you know, obviously Verona had a couple of chances here and there. They're a good team. They're a decent team. They have 43 goals allowed. Like, I mean, they're, they're going to generate chances here and there. I mean, just have to, to live with it. I think it wasn't them seeding the position. It was just, you're not going to be able to dominate possession for 90 minutes. I think, you know, you can, you cannot believe the stat, but at the end of the day, if you're passing or whatever it is that, the, that, that passing, that, you know, possession stat comes from, they, they were pretty even possession-wise. They generated more chances. They scored. They won. Sure, they're not a perfect team, but I, I still think, you know, I still think overall it was a really, really good match. I just, you know, like you said, like sometimes you have to trust the eye test. You know, to me, the eye test was, you know, they really had a good game. They really, really had a good game. I just don't don't agree with that criticism at all. But, you know, like you said, it's the eye test, right? Like that's why, that's why we're here different yeah. different opinions i i do think that th- this this was a really really good game i just i didn't see that that the way you the way you see it uh if i uh may actually uh cut in there Break the tie. Uh, yeah well well the advantage i guess of me not having uh seen the game is that i'm relying very heavily <laughs> <laughs> oh well first of all i'm not in the crossfire but uh secondly that um I rely, uh, have to rely more on data right now. So um, as you guys were talking, I was looking uh, once again on whoscore.com uh, and um, they have very nifty little um, statistics. Uh, how you can kind of Who change Whoscore.com did not pay sponsorship money for this episode. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Which hell, I don't even know. I mean, I if y'all want to sponsor it, let me know. Well, it, yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> They probably earned their money through I mean, ads, I guess. I, or, I, I actually have no idea how they earned their money, what their business model is. But anywho, um, so yeah, it's just uh, so you can click the possession thing and then you can kind of like um, change like what time of the game uh, you're looking at with possession. So I was kind of playing around with it. And um, so in the first 20, let's see, uh, first 25 minutes or so. Uh, yeah, up to, so from the start of the game to... 25th minute, it's actually dead even at 50-50% uh, possession. Um, but then as the game progresses, at the end of the first half, it's 52.9% possession for Hellas, uh, Verona, um, and then 47.1% for uh, Juve. And then um, just looking at the second half, um, Hellas had 54.4% possession Yeah, in the second half. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, they grew in, grew into the game in terms of possession, uh, Hellas, as, you know, as the game progressed. And, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of, like, I mean, you can see it all yourself. You can play around kind of with the stats. But, yeah, there are a lot of, you can see kind of the phases where, you know, you've had more possession and then it kind of dipped and then kind of went up. And, it, you know, it, it um, yeah, it fluctuated a lot. I mean, it's just, yeah, it fluctuated really a lot. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess just kind of to add some data to to your discussion there, um, just about the possession. Um, I think it is a little bit harsh, though, the criticism on uh, the validity of the possession metric. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's like <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have issues with the expected goals uh, metric. That for sure. I mean, I don't know. 
yeah, that's one I have a personal gripe with. But um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, possession. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, regardless, that's kind of just the overall uh, look on that. And uh, yeah, they ended the game just after the full 90 minutes, ended the game on 53.3% possession for Hellas. So yeah, make of that what you will. All right. Well, we said we are going to do some Atalanta talk, but unfortunately time is getting the best of us. So we will go into Twitter questions. And since there are a lot about the tactics, we shall go around the horn. And first one is for everybody from at Diego Arnarajo. Should this new formation be our new approach going forward? I mean, pretty small sample size. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I want pretty you guys to overreact to 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously only 90 minutes sample size. So I, I mean, I inconclusive, basically. That's that's why I can't answer. Um, I mean, it, from again, from the looks of it, just kind of reading the reviews, looking at the highlights, it looked pretty good. But, you know, again, I mean, seems like we ceded a lot of possession uh, to... Uh, Hellas and that said you know we do have to remember that Hellas completely dominated us in the return or in the first um, fixture fixture um, I remember the first half that was god awful I just remember that uh, very vividly um, so you know in that sense it was a good recovery but um, yeah I mean inconclusive I, I mean it's you know one 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 game sample size I would very much like to see how Manuel Locatelli is reincorporated after the suspension before answering that, because I would, it would not surprise me if Allegri at least toyed with a with a four two three one, with Zakaria and Locatelli as the double pivot, with him available. Um, I think that would be a really good, I think that would be a really good uh, way to uh, way to set the team up. Zakaria can do all the dirty work in midfield, and Locatelli, we've. You know, we've seen Locatelli play that double pivot for Roberto De Zerbi and do it really, really well. Um, so I would really like to see that toyed with. It would also uh, incorporate uh, Juan Cuadrado directly into into the attack. So I'd like to see that. I'd like to see what might what might come out of that. If we try that and it doesn't quite work out as well, then I would definitely like to see this for then I definitely think this formation, with something along the lines of a, the mid, a midfield three of look of Locatelli, Zakaria, and McKenney, with this attacking trio working ahead of them, I think could could and would work very very well. Yeah, I agree hundred percent with Sam there. I think un, until we see Locatelli back, I think that that's that's going to be one of your that, that was one of your marquee signings, right? Like that was one of your best players before the new the new signings. I think. You know, wherever they decide to play him, I think that's going to be the deciding factor on how they end up, you know, moving forward in terms of, of positioning. Until, you know, Locatelli's back with these guys, I think that's going to be the formation, you know, that's being used. If they decide to run it back and just kind of insert Locatelli in Rabiot's spot, I think that'd be very interesting. I, I wouldn't object to it. But yeah, it, it wouldn't shock me if they tried to double pivot either. I think it's going to depend on what they, they try to do with Locatelli. From at Joe Pro 18, with these two new additions, what is the ceiling for Juventus? Club World Cup, baby. Club World Cup. A world Cup. Sounds... A club World no, Cup. No, no, the Club World Cup, man. That's uh, the one uh, we're going to win the Champions League and then go win the Club World Cup. Uh, no, um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously these two signings, mostly uh, Zakaria, 
uh, has brought just a lot of balance uh, to the side. And, you know, again, as I've kind of talked about uh, throughout the episode, just that defensive cover for seemingly it's going to be uh, Dybala playing there for the time being. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be permanent or not, but um, yeah, Dybala playing on the right uh, wing kind of uh, drifting inside, uh, providing that defensive cover there. And uh, yeah, backing up, uh, you know, the right back very well as well. So yeah, I mean, you know, what's the ceiling for this season, at least I think top four should be pretty comfortably achieved. Um, yeah, I don't think it'll be quite the uh, madness of last season. And then, yeah, I mean, next season, I mean, surely we got to at least challenge for the Scudetto again. Uh, I think, yeah, with these two, you know, reinforcements and just in general, I mean, the club, the team was, yeah, I mean, showing good form and just showing more stability, more defensive solidity. Um, Artur is becoming more, you know, settled again and just really becoming, a, yeah, actually an important player again for the team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just challenging for the Scudetto at the very least. And, yeah, Champions League, I, I don't know, Champions League, the top, you know, Bayern and stuff. I mean, City, I still find them very far ahead of us, uh, unfortunately. So that's, you know, I think that's still going to take some time. But at least, uh, yeah, Scudetto and, like, getting into, consistently getting into the latter stages of Champions League. Um, yeah, in the future. I think that, that that's a tricky question just because the ceiling is, I think, you know, the ceiling for this team is that they can, you know, go against anyone. I mean, I think, you know, especially I think they're going to be really dangerous in, in Copa and Champions League. I think just, just because they don't have the handicap of their, you know, pretty below average first half, right? I think right now to to say, oh, they're going to challenge for the Escudetto. I think they have the quality now. I think they have the balance now. But, you know, I, I think they're, they, they, they might just be too too behind, too, too far behind for that to be a real option you know other than you know unless inter you know completely breaks down and it's a you know complete dramatic choke job i i just don't see it but you know i think they're going to be a really really dangerous Copa team i think they're going to be a really really dangerous champions league team because they, with the new signings and i know this was just one game but I, I do think the ceiling for this guys and for this team now is a whole heck of a lot higher than than it was you know when when 2022 started i i think I honestly, you know, seeding and whatnot, I can definitely see them make a run at the Champions League semifinals, something like that, you know, depending on, on the, you know, on the on the seeding and whatnot. But I just, I, I do think that this team improved a lot. And I think they're definitely going to mount a, a comeback for, for not to win the Serie A, but, you know, to, to be closer, to be definitely closer to top four. I think that should be a formality by now. And you know, I, I'm just really, really optimistic. I think this this season is suddenly very, very interesting again, which I cannot say was my opinion when, when 2022 started. See, Edward, I'm not the only optimist now. Yeah, I'm uh, comfortably uh, comfortably a middleist. <laughs> middleist, I think. There you go. Yeah, I, 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 I am always loath to tempt the wrath of the whatever from high atop the thing when it comes to saying, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. It certainly makes the top four this year a much, much, it, it certainly makes the chances much, much better. The fact of the matter is that they still have to, you know, you still have to take care of your own business. You know, I know we talked about, you know, we, 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 we skipped over a major preview for Atalanta, but, you know, now with Atalanta losing against Cagliari this week, 
you know, you have a chance if you manage to beat them on Sunday to make the game that they have in hand somewhat irrelevant if you if you take care of your own business for the rest of the season. It is certainly much better. I think it certainly makes Juventus a a a solid favorite over Villarreal now in the Champions League this year, as opposed to where that was kind of a toss up. Uh, I think we're you 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 suddenly uh, see yourself as a as a solid favorite to get into the quarterfinals, and then you're at the mercy of the draw. And next year, you know, with the appropriate tweak, you know, if if you can make the you know a, a tweak or two. And if uh, and if Federico Chiesa comes back healthy, um, we, you, we we could really see a, a a return to really challenging for the Scudetto by the end of next season. Last question: We'll wrap things up, and uh, just want a quick shout out to the others who asked the same kind of tactical questions at Zebra American and at Pete Fry, who asked about Dennis Sicaria. So. Uh, a couple of those, but we will wrap things up here from at Andrew Prasana. Is this the perfect role for Alvaro Morata with him doing all of the dirty work? Well, I think Sergio uh, touched on that earlier in the episode. And yeah, I mean, I echo what he said there. I mean, I don't know if you want to expand on that, Sergio, but um, yeah, just kind of not being the star also personality wise, but then also, yeah, indeed playing wise, not being the star. And yeah, I mean, he's hard work. He's, you know, he'll, he'll hustle and, and he's, Got pretty decent, I mean, dribbling skills, and he's a pretty big guy as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think that is probably better. Um, surprisingly, I mean, I, I never really thought about it, but, yeah, I think I think this will work. But, yeah, I mean, I'll let the others expand on that. And, Sergio, I don't know if you want to, yeah, touch on that again. I think he is just one of those guys that is much better suited to that sidekick role than just being the main striker. Like, even in his first stint with Juventus, he was always much, much better when he was paired up with a guy like Carlos Tevez, who is going to be the, you know, the the main focus of, of the attack, who is going to, you know, be the, the most dangerous striker for as a, as a matter of speaking. And he can be, you know, left a little bit more alone. He can do a little bit more of the dirty work. He can find those pockets of space. I think that second goal was just the perfect encapsulation of what Morata can do. He takes it in the midfield, you know, sprints, dribbles past a couple of guys, and then suddenly there's a wide, huge shot in space that Blahovic left. And, you know, Sakaria makes a nice run, and that's a, that's a great goal. I, I think that is going to be the role for, for Morata for the rest of the season. And I think he's very, very well suited for that, for that role. I, I really do think that, you know, this, this might be a little, bit, a little bit of a hot take. And like Sam was saying early, like to, to see this team with Federico Chiesa is going to be really, really cool. But I, I think he, you know, Morata is going to, is a different player, wholly different player, but I think he's going to bring in, you know, a lot of, you know, maybe 60% of what Chiesa can do on that wing, just because he is a different type of player. But I think he can fit in that really, really well. And I, I think that that's going to be, I think we're going to see the best of Alvaro Morata in a Juve shirt, you know, for the remainder of the season. I, I really do. I think right now it's just a very, very good place for him. Yeah, I was talking last week about about the similarities to Mario Mandzukic when he was uh, when he was put out on the left side in in the five star. Um, I think that Morata is certainly suited to that sort of thing. Uh, he does have a, a good defensive work rate. He got himself booked today on a on a tackle taken taken Fabio De Pauli out, and he he can 
he always naturally drifts out to that side anyway. So, so it, it, it really does play to, to the way that he, his, he likes to have his game. It, it almost makes you think that, I mean, it's not worth spending 30, the 35 million to trigger his option to be a complimentary piece. But if, you know, Atleti clearly don't want, don't have him in their plans for the future. I think they want to get rid of him. If he, if he plays really well out on this wing in this role for the rest of the year, which I, I agree with you, Sergio can, he could definitely can do uh, it, it. It's worth wondering if Juve can, can negotiate a lower fee than what the option is and, and, and keep him around. Uh, Cause he does look like he can dovetail really well with, uh, with Dybala and with, uh, with, with Vlaovic. And it really, you know, it, it, that is the uncertainty about next year is that, you know, at the, by the end of next year, you're looking, you're looking at a potential, the potential of Morata, unless you can negotiate a lower fee than this option, unlikely to be on the team next year. Dybala, really iffy about being on the team this year. I mean, he actually, you, you know, we, we didn't even mention the fact that when he was substituted, uh, he, he didn't look particularly happy about it. He was kind of miffed. So the, the attack next year could really be very, very different around Vlaovic. But this year, I think, yeah, that this this could be the best role that we see for Morata. And and just to add to that quickly, um, I think, you know, I, I get a touch of like, or kind of reminders of uh, David, David Villa uh, from Morata playing on the left there. Um, you know, also starting as a center forward, going out to the left and there's kind of, yeah, drifting, drifting inside, but definitely still having the ability to, and the, the desire to take players on and um, yeah, go for goal, you know? So um, yeah, I'm thinking more of a, maybe of a David Villa than a Mayo Mansukic or kind of a both, but leaving, leaning more towards that kind of Villa um, because of those kind of dribbling and those take-ons and, you know, um, yeah, the desire just to take players on. And he's got some decent pace too. So yeah, we'll see. We will see indeed, and we will wrap things up on that note. Again, thank you all for your Twitter questions. We always appreciate them, as I forget how to talk on a podcast, which seems important. Uh, as always, if you want to send them in to us in the future, send them to us at Juventus Nation on Twitter. Feel free to follow us there, as well as on Facebook. Search black and white and red all over. If you want to subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is iTunes or Spotify or Google Podcasts, search black and white and red all over as well. If you are on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free to rate us, leave us a review, all of those nice things. So for Sam, for Chucks, and for Sergio, this is Danny saying thank you very much for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week.